Oh, good morning, everyone. It's great to be uh, back with you all. Last week, I had the uh, absolute pleasure of being at a different Salvation Army, celebrating the retirement of my mum and dad. And there was uh, two things that struck me about going back to uh, to what was this type of Salvation Army church I used to attend. One, they don't have a toilet break time in the middle of the service, and that really bothered me because for the last 30 minutes it was hard going without having the break in the middle. And second thing was uh, the kids, my kids reflected on the types of songs that they sing. And, uh, and so the next morning we're at the breakfast bench and they said they sing very different types of songs, don't they, at, uh, at uh, Grandma and Grad's church. It's very, oh. And so I then had the three kids sitting at the breakfast bench go, oh. So, uh, so anyway, it is great to be back with you all. Man, I hope you looked after your lovely, lovely ladies yesterday, Valentine's Day. Yeah? My beautiful bride of 19 years received 12 lovely roses. There was prawns, a bottle of something from the top shelf of the sparkling uh, selection out of Darren's uh, cellar. Yeah, it was all very romantic. It was lovely. I thought, hey, Darren, you've done a good job. And then my wife turned off the cricket and put on How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So I'm not quite sure what the message was out of all of that. But that was, that was Valentine's Day in our household. So uh, <clears throat> it is good to be back together. Yeah, and uh, and last week we had the opportunity, and I got to watch it on uh, on what do we call that now? Is that a podcast? I just called it a video. I don't know what it was, but I watched it online, and uh, and we got to hear from two incredible women. Yeah, as Pam shared, shared the vision for this year, and then Jess so powerfully talked about the keys and the authority that we carry with that. And this morning, a good friend of mine suggested that I step out of the boat and go in faith, and so uh, so that's what I'm about to do here this morning. Let's turn to Luke chapter 4, and there are two verses that we are going to focus on for the next few weeks. And to be honest, as I uh, just went over and over and over these two verses, I could have spent weeks just on the first verse alone. We're going to look at Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Jesus in the temple, he unrolls. The scriptures and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is a massive, massive statement from Jesus in the temple. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what the keys give us the authority to do. And when Jesus stands in the temple, it takes on an even greater challenge when he says, actually, it's now our charge. It's actually now our charge to go and to preach the good news. And over the next few weeks, we're going to focus on those different elements in there. And this morning, we're just going to focus on preaching the good news. But it starts where it says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Some translation says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Do you know the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life at this point in time? Because that is a very big difference. When Jesus ascended into heaven and the disciples are gathered in the room, and in Acts chapter 1, verses 5 and 8, it says, a Holy Spirit will come. I promise you someone. And in, chapter, in verse 8, it says, When the Holy Spirit comes, He will give you power. Then, 
then you will be my witnesses. Not go and witness, not go and share it, you will receive power. So when Jesus stands up and the first things out of his mouth is that he has been full of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is on him. The Spirit of the Lord is on us. And if you took a key yesterday, that is the same Spirit of the Lord that allows us as his messengers to unlock the good news for the poor. Recovery of sight for the blind. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Jesus says to his disciples, All authority in heaven and earth I give you to preach the good news and to heal the sick. That is the same promise that Jesus gives us today. So when we take a key, we don't take it lightly. As Uncle Ben said, great responsibility. Jesus gives us that same incredible authority you know for so long in life. I did my Christian walk by attending. I'd say my prayers, do my little quiet time with God, and it was all lovely. And that was how I tried to live out my Christian journey. I turned up every Sunday and I faithfully served. During the week, I spent time reading the Word and in prayer. And that's what it was. And then one day, one day I prayed this incredible prayer. It's the most dangerous prayer I've ever prayed. And this was all it was, because I'm not a very, I'm a very simple guy. I said, Jesus, if there is more, I want you to show me. I just shut my eyes and I said, Jesus, if there is more to this spirituality, Christianity, I want you to show me. And right then and there, I cannot explain to you the difference that occurred in my life. I cannot explain to you the difference. Because now you get to see a Darren who stands up and preaches once every so often. Yet that is not the Darren that once used to exist. The Darrens that once used to exist was the guy who used his tongue more for negative reasons than for positive reasons. Jesus drastically turned my life around. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a sucker for a whodunit show. Man, I can't get enough of these shows. And we all know how the script is going to go. Like nine times out of ten, we know what the ending's going to be. But I love it. I love the detectives. You get the cool detectives. You get the sort of the, uh, the Columbo, what's going on type of detective. You get the guy who looks like a slob. He's got food all over his mouth. You get the schmick one. I love it. Then you get into the courtroom and the whole drama that builds up in the courtroom. And then there's the witnesses. And I love this part of it. As the lawyer tries to discredit the witness and the power, the whole show climaxes on whether this witness is credible or not whether what they say is true or not, and the power of that, that testimony have is incredible. And this morning, the title of this is The Power of Your Testimony. In a court of law, the power of a testimony has, someone, has the power to send someone to life in prison or it has the power to set someone free. And we have that same testimony as to what Jesus has done in our own life. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is that it doesn't depend on our strengths or our weaknesses. It's not according to how good the messenger is because the power of the gospel is inherent. Too many times, too many of us shy away from actually speaking up and sharing, whether it's fear and insecurity or whether it's just straight out inadequacies that are actually not going to have all the answers. But when your testimony is your testimony, and when your life matches up with that testimony, there is real power in that testimony. And when we talk about preaching the good news, I'm not 
asking 200 of us to go and get a soapbox and stand out on main streets and start talking. Far from it. What I am asking you to do, another word in some translations, actually proclaim. And the word proclaim means actually just to make it public. Make it public. Make the power of what your life with Jesus Christ is, make it public. Let people know. For a long time, I was a deputy principal in, um, in Department of Education schools down in Sydney. And, uh, and people would ask me questions about what I think on different areas of life and things like that. And I used to preface every answer with this little phrase, well, look, I'll, I can tell you. I said, but you've got to understand that I come from a life of faith, and so that impacts the way I see and respond to everything that goes on in my life. And so if you're happy to hear that, well, then I'll, I'll share with you what I think. And every single time, every single time they go, oh, yeah, I'm interested, let me hear. Every time. I was a deputy in a school where everybody's age, they're all old enough to be my parent, basically, yeah? And I'm the deputy principal trying to tell these people twice as much experience. And every time I gave an answer, that was my response. Because I knew what Jesus had done in my life. And as we sit here this morning, when you come to hear verses like this, to preach the good news, you need to know what the good news is in your life. You need to know what the good news is in your life. Jesus didn't come and say, hey, believe in me and then you will have life after you die. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand because the good news starts here and now. And too many times we focus on actually life eternal. We focus on the heaven part and we forget that the good news has implications for now because the kingdom of heaven is here and now. It's alive in your heart. That is the good news. That is the good news. The good news means actually I'm not going to get bound down by stuff to do with that. I'm not going to get weighed down with the weights of this world. I'm actually not going to get bothered by what other people say. Actually, I'm going to live out the joy and the hope and the love and the peace that comes with the good news of living a life with Jesus Christ and our life needs to reflect it. Because the world is full of people at the moment who say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Oh, I'm okay. Oh, gee, I'm flat out. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, oh. Hey, guess what? I'm fantastic. Why? Because Jesus lives inside my heart. When Jesus lives inside my heart, every day is a brand new day. Every day. His mercies are new every morning. I bound out of bed. Whew. That's not just because of me. That's because when you've got the Spirit of God living inside of you, our life should reflect something different. Man, why are you so happy? Why am I so happy? Because I don't have to worry about the stuff in this world. So when we preach the good news, we need to preach it in a few ways. Yeah? And there's those of us who, who fully get the whole the actions thing. And there's a lot of truth to that. And Pam last week shared about some of the ideas this year that we've already got in place that we're looking at doing in town to actually show love in a practical way. And that is hugely, hugely important. Jesus ministered to people's physical, emotional needs and also to their spiritual needs. He saw the person as a whole person. The school that we get to be involved in, a number of us in Phillips, it's actually about meeting physical needs through providing quality education. There is a need to actually just show love through actions. But I also believe that there is a little bit a little bit of a danger if we only live by that prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, you know, who says, uh, uh, what's he say? Preach the, preach the message at all times and if, if needed, use words. Man, there's a lot of lovely people in the world who do a lot of good things. Tell you the truth, there's a lot of lovely people in the world who probably do a lot better things than I do. But they don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ and that's the good news. Do we need to clothe 
the naked, feed the hungry? Yes, we do. Do we need to provide shelter to those who are homeless? Yes, we do. But I'll tell you what, it's got to go beyond that. Because the word here is preach. Other, other translations, it's proclaim, and that's to make public. And we need to let people know the reason we do that is because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because without that, it's us just doing a nice thing to help someone else in need. And that's just a nice thing to do as humans. And there are a lot of lovely humans who do that stuff. It's got to go beyond that. We need to make it public. And we make it public by sharing your testimony. Once again, the power of your testimony is in the authority and the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Through our acts, it says Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, spoke. It says in Acts 4.22, it says, Then the disciples, filled with the Holy Spirit, went about preaching. And it said, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, da-da-da-da-da. Then it says, I want you to choose seven among you who are full of the Holy Spirit and wise. Whenever, whenever the gospel of Jesus Christ was spoken throughout, biblic, throughout the Bible, it is always filled with the Holy Spirit. It is always because the Holy Spirit was present. That's so when we talk about these keys, when we talk about the incredible year that we want to be the church and we want to go and make disciples, it needs to be through the power and through the fulfilling of the Holy Spirit in our life. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus says that he was anointed to preach the good news, anointed means chosen. Chosen officially to do something. We've all been chosen. John fifteen sixteen. Jesus says, You did not choose me. I chose you, that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Jesus says he's chosen you. And it's not the type of choosing where you're sitting in the school playground at lunchtime and they're picking teams and you're the last one left and they go, all right, I'll have you. It's not that one. It's not the choosing where you've got to pick a girl first even though it's a game of football and you go, oh, geez, okay, well, I'll have her. Come on. He wants you on his side. You are blessed with gifts and talents and experience and expertise Every single one of us here is created unique. Every single person here is unique with something about them. Don't look to the left and to the right and go, oh, gee, I wish I had that from that guy. Gee, I wish I could sing like those blokes up there. Man, I can't play a guitar. I can't talk like that one. Uh-uh-uh. You've got something. You've got a talent. You've got an experience. You've got a strength that you bring. And God has gifted every single person sitting here this morning. He's chosen you. He's anointed you. In biblical times, I'd often uh, anoint with oil. We could go into the whole Latin with anoint and ointments and things like that. But the word ointment just sort of freaks me out a little bit, to be honest with you. If you ever need an ointment, it's because it's something bad. You know, it's not a cream, it's not a lotion. Lotion's nice. A cream, ointment, you go, uh, there's something really bad if you use an ointment. But he has anointed you because he has chosen you. And that's what anoint means, chosen, officially chosen. That's why I say when we read this verse, man, I could spend ages just on full of the Holy Spirit. I could spend ages just on actually the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We get preaching stuff, but we cannot leave here this morning 
the same people. We need to leave here this morning knowing, actually, I've been anointed. I've been chosen. I've been chosen by Lord God Almighty, who has filled me with his Holy Spirit to share the good news. Not to learn how to write a sermon. Man, I'm so inadequate. I need more of the Holy Spirit every day. There's failings, there's inadequacies, I stuff up. I just keep praying the Holy Spirit just keeps working through there. That when I don't have the answers, he does. That the Holy Spirit empowers you to act in ways that you didn't know. Those blokes who took their mate to Jesus. Like that is not normal behavior to walk past a crowd of people up on some bloke's roof, pull the tiles away from the top of his roof and lower their mate through. That is not normal behavior just to get in to see someone. The Holy Spirit, it just gives you a boldness to act and to speak in ways that actually, guess what? I just feel so compelled to do this. I am going to speak it out. I'm going to live this out. So when we walk out of here, we need to walk out knowing, actually, I've been empowered. I've been anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit, keys to the heaven. Actually, we're going to start unlocking them. And we're going to do it through words and through action, through both. Always be prepared with an answer. The power of your testimony the power of your testimony that what God has done in your life can set people free. If you sit here and you worry what people think about you, the power of the Holy Spirit can change that. If you worry that you're not very eloquent and you're not good in an argument, it doesn't have to be an argument. Just actually share the love of God. In a simple way. If you don't think you've got really clear speech. Actually Moses didn't either. Gideon was no one. David was just like the youngest runt in the family out looking after the sheep. They didn't even think him worthy to come in and meet Samuel. He's the king. The power of your testimony. Not my testimony. Not the person next to you, but it's your testimony. And I used to think that was such a churchy word. See, God did use all those detective shows and books that I used to read just to uh, get me to understand what testimony is all about. It's the power of your testimony. And you need to preach that, you need to share that because he has chosen you to do so. Look for an answer. Look for an answer to give to somebody. As you sit here this morning... I encourage you to start thinking about those people in your life who are in your world. You can look to bring it in in a natural way. Spiritually natural and naturally spiritual. How can you bring that out? And then he says he's chosen us to preach the good news to the poor. And so I wonder there, is he only talking about, is he only talking about poor financially, those who only got a few pennies? Or is he talking about the poor in spirit, like, he, like Jesus talked about in his Sermon on the Mount? He said, you know, da, 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 blessed are the poor in spirit. He says it's harder 
for the rich to get into heaven. Why? Why is that? Because we tend to put our security in that finance stuff. Actually, if I work hard, I get a good job. I get a good job, I can buy a house. I'll buy a house in a nice, safe area. I get the house that has everybody there. I can buy a nicer car because then we can all travel lovely and people can look at us. Okay, I'm okay. And then if I save up and I look after my superannuation, that'll take care of that. And if I put that just a little bit aside there, we'll be okay over there. And I want to pay for the kids to do that. And I want to get the kids into there. And somewhere in there, God needs to come into that conversation. Poor. The poor tend to come with a heart of, actually, geez, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Man, anything anyone can do to help me out is a huge, huge bonus in my life. And if we can give them a blanket, oh, thank you so much. They're so appreciated. If they appreciate a blanket and a tin of baked beans, how much more are they going to appreciate a gospel of salvation? Their hearts are open and ready to receive because they know it's not about them. Whereas those of us who sit here fairly comfortably in life and our friends that we work with and our neighbours who are fairly sound financially can sometimes be that actually they don't recognise that need for God. Poor in spirit. And what I encourage you to do is that the spirit gives you discernment. Yeah? Because the spirit, he allows you to see people the way that we don't see them in ourselves. Yeah, well, I just mentioned David. When Samuel went out to anoint and choose, anoint, choose the next king, he went to the oldest boy. Then he went to the second. Then he went to the third, etc., etc. Until, have you got any others? Because he didn't see the way God saw. God saw David. God knew where David was. God knew what David had inside of him. He discerns things. We know, many of us know the story about Billy Graham. God discerned something in that guy that he was not brought up in the, in the right way, in the right family environment. Man, his story is incredible. Why? Because God sees him differently. So when we go and we talk to our neighbours at work, at next door, and we talk to our people at work, and we talk to people we come encounter with, God, how would you see me? How, would, how do you see this person? God, what is this person's real need? Give me the question to ask this person. And so instead of always just coming with a, hey, how are you doing? Because that's a very generic answer. It's easy to palm that off. And someone in need is just going to go, okay. Actually, when you pray before you encounter that person, you say, actually, what's the question I'm going to ask this person? How's your family this week? How's your family? You don't know what's going on in that guy's family. You don't know there might not have been a sickness or an illness. There may have been a, dis- a disagreement or a misunderstanding or whatever. And now you get the opportunity to speak God into that person's situation. How's business been this week? You don't know, don't know that the person might have an incredible business deal the next week. Actually ask God for the words to speak into people's lives. So it's therefore, it's not you. It's no longer I, but it's Christ in me. And what would Christ say to this person in this situation right here and right now? Because we can easily go through life seeing the same, the same things to the same people every single day and the relationship never gets that much deeper. I personally set myself a little goal is that uh, I go to the gym early in the morning and in the morning at the gym there are only 10 of us in there. 
few of the girls on the cardio and a few of us big blokes in the, uh, in the weight section. You know how it is. And um, so there's, uh, there's four other blokes every day. Two of them are dads at school and, uh, and they're great guys. And then there's these other two blokes that exercise every morning. And every morning we see each other, we nod. Actually, now we're on first names basis. I now know what he does for work. I know his wife's name and I know his kids' names. I know how long he's had his own company. I know how long he's lived in Cessnock for. Actually, I'll tell you what, that guy doesn't know, but he's on a journey. He thinks he's just talking to some bloke who's way too full of energy at 5.30 in the morning. He doesn't know what's coming his way. Yeah? All right? And when you meet someone, and this is the thing, yeah, is that is it, is it, we, we get a lot of sermons and a lot of talks, yeah, that we walk out and we're all philosophical, yeah, but then we don't actually know how to live it out, yeah? And there's, a real, there's some real keys in actually how to live it out. It's important to remember people's names. Like you can't preach to someone if you don't even know their name. If you are sharing your testimony, learn their name and remember something about them. Make a connection that is going to help put that into your memory that you are going to know their name and know something about them. Know something about them and remember it. And the next time you see them, ask that question because it sends them the message. Oh, geez, they remembered me. Now your life is starting to reflect a life that actually genuinely loves and cares and knows people. Our life needs to be different. Our life needs to be different and there are really some easily practical ways that when you actually are attuned to what God's stirring up in your heart, you actually start to live this stuff out and it becomes natural. And it now starts to become natural. Then you're ready to share your testimony. Is your testimony growing in your heart this morning? When I grew up in the church, I grew up in there, I used to have a testimony time. And... Uh, and as a young kid, that was always rather exciting because you never knew what was going to come out of some people's mouths. And, uh, <laughs> and there are some very funny examples. But it's what God's done in your life. So as you sit here this morning, take the time. What has God done in your life? How are you a different person now to what you used to be? That's the good news. And we've got to be, able, we've got to be prepared to share that. Actions are great, and we need to show love in a practical way. But there are some things that you need to speak out. Like it is very, very hard to, to, to show, actually, Jesus was the Son of God, came, died, rose again without using your lips. It's going to look like a very bad interpretive dance. No one is going to get that. You need to use your lips. The Roman centurion, surely he was the Son of God. He got it. He spoke it out. And in Romans 10, what's it say? Speak with your lips and confess. Confess with your lips. Believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your lips. Speak it out. There is power in the words. And it does not mean we all need to get up here and have a crack at this. Because I know some people are going to preach. Oh. Next, I'll be asking me to sing. Share your testimony. Anointed. And full of the Holy Spirit. That is the simple message from this morning. I had a big fancy talk with a whole lot of other Bible references and things down. But then my young friend this morning said to me, he said, step out in faith. And I just needed 
to speak from the heart this morning. It's very easy to work on a talk and have a nice little essay written down, but this morning I just wanted to come from my heart. They're the key messages from that passage of Scripture. And there are cross-references galore that we could go through and do a fantastic Bible study just on that one verse. The next few weeks, we're going to look at the second parts of those verses, yeah? When, Paul, when they were reflecting on the life of Jesus, they could not help but talk about the signs and wonders, the miracles and wonders that Jesus performed. It, account, it, it sort of went with these words every time. Wherever Jesus was, there was words and there was incredible action. Can I encourage us that as we go through the rest of this, season, this series, do not doubt that God wants to use you in an incredible way. Recovery of sight for the blind. We can read that and go, no chance. Signs and wonders and miracles accompanied Jesus everywhere he went to the point where they wrote in, actually, if we recorded them, all the books in the world at that point in time couldn't have been able to handle what it did. Our lives need to reflect. When we communicate with people, it is verbal and nonverbal. And at the end of the day, when people forget what you've actually said, they'll remember the way you lived. And there needs to be a really good correlation between the words that you speak and the way that you live out. If you were going to talk about, actually, I live out a fullness of the Holy Spirit, that needs to come through in the way that you live. So when people are watching you, even when you don't know they're watching you, they go, geez, there's something true in that. We've had people enroll at our school because they worked at the checkout at Woolworths. I mean, I've done an enrollment interview. I say, oh, I, uh, what do you do? I work at Woolworths. Oh, yeah, I've been down there. You've probably seen me with my three kids. And, oh, and she says, oh, yeah, we've got you. We know who you are. Whew, okay. It's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. But it's very true. If we're going to talk about Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, and it is no longer I, but it is Christ who lives in me, and he calls us to do even greater things, well, then we need to reflect that in our life. In the next few weeks, I'm very excited. And when I hear things about healing rooms and things, I'm very excited. Because that is a form of spirituality that this world desperately needs. I have got a friend who is charging people squillions, and you would be, you would you would not believe the amount of dollars he is charging people to do yoga with meditation. It is outrageous. I, uh, people are paying hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of dollars for 40 minutes to sit, breathe, and then meditate and reflect on... Uh, um, what's, the, what's the words they call it now? Oh, I can't. He's a guru now. He's now actually an official guru. Went to India to get this. Come on. We can give people that for nothing. We can give that to them for nothing. They've got stuff going on in their life, speak it into them. Send them an email. Write them a card. Use your words because there is power in the words. There is power in the name of Jesus. And he is the name above all names. And at the end of the day, you don't know what to say, neither do I. He gives you the words. None of us are that clever. Let us this week, let us this week, Use the keys that we took. And if you didn't take a key last week, when the band's playing, I'm going to encourage you to come and to take one and maybe to kneel and to pray and to say, Lord God, I want you to grant me that authority by the fullness of your Holy Spirit to unlock the keys. Unlock heaven on earth. 
Your will be done on heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Let's start believing that they're actually going to come to pass. Speak that into people's lives through the full, fullness of the Holy Spirit and the anointing. You are chosen. You are chosen. He chose you to go. He chose you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Let's have a good week this week preaching the name of Jesus Christ. Let's finish by worshipping him this morning.